gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go once again against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards as we drive down deeper and deeper into the world of college football playoffs and the National Football League playoffs behind that. Victor, welcome back once again for another week on the show here. A good week all in all it was, I think, in the world of college football and especially in pro football. If you're a dog lover, and we'll talk about being a dog lover in the National Football League in just a bit, but... The college football rankings are out now, and I guess bottom line here is there probably weren't too many surprises. That's true, Mark. A good weekend for our uh, respective services as well. You touched on it a little bit in last week's show, but you did end up using Oklahoma as your revenge game of the year in college football. A uh, nice outcome across the board in that game against Baylor. We recommended a small play in the over in last week's show. So it looks like we hit both sides of that one. And a good weekend again for uh, your service, our King Creole service. We uh, released uh, five big over-unders on Saturday. Four out of five brought home the bacon. Even Speedy got into the mix as well. He had his five-star college football underdog game of the month that was on arkansas plus the points against lsu uh, a game that was pretty much never in doubt so a real nice win for us on arkansas as well uh you mentioned the um, college football rankings came out again on tuesday night not much of a surprise your biggest risers were of course uh, oklahoma with that big win over baylor they moved up five spots Michigan State moved up four spots. North Carolina, who's uh, making a run here now as well, moved up six spots. Houston, the uh, only other undefeated team from the lower conferences, moved up five spots as well. So those were your biggest risers. And then uh, your biggest fallers because of losses, of course, uh, Baylor dropping four spots, Stanford dropping four spots, and uh, the aforementioned LSU Tigers dropping six spots after losing at home to the Razorbacks. Did a little bit of a scorecard tally, if you will, on this week's college football playoff rankings. And once again, it's the Big Ten that had the most teams inside the top 25 rankings with six. And that was followed by the Southeast Conference and the Pac-12 with four each. The Big 12 and the ACC with three apiece, along with the AAC with three teams. And then Notre Dame, the independent taking up the spots in the rankings. And I think, Victor, that victory of Oklahoma over Baylor, the first of what we call these round robins that are about to happen or occur in the Big 12 Conference this year, as impressive as it was, it did serve the Sooners well. As you say, they moved up five spots in the polls to number seven, and they become a noteworthy one-loss team. I think they can continue to improve their chances, obviously, if they win out. And what a role it is Oklahoma is on right now as we're speaking. Their last five football games, all victories, since their stunning loss to Texas by an average score of 55-17. to 17. So, in my opinion... It's the Oklahoma Sooners that if you're talking about a one-loss team that I think teams have to watch in the poll rankings here. Alabama, obviously a given is the one-loss team because they're currently in the number two slot in the rankings. But what would your take be, Victor, on these one-loss teams other than Alabama? Which one do you see could possibly make the mix? 
Uh, I don't think Michigan State anymore. Uh, I'll still make a case for the Florida Gators. Uh, one can arguably say right now they're probably playing the best ball in the SEC conference. So I think you could still make a little bit of case for Florida. They were number 11 last week. They moved up three spots to number eight. I do like the way the Gators are playing. You mentioned the Sooner State. It could very well come down to a Sooner State showdown. The Big 12 would probably desperately need both Oklahoma schools to defend their home fields on Saturday. If that were the case, uh, it could very well come down to uh, those two teams to advance into the top four. And even though Stanford did lose last week, Notre Dame-Stanford still could be some sort of a college football play-in game. The latest rankings didn't deliver a fatal blow to the Pac-12 as most uh, folks expected, meaning there's still a little bit of a glimmer of hope remaining for the Stanfords and the Utahs of the world. But uh, my answer to your question would be the Florida Gators. Florida Gators, uh, obviously the most improved team in the Southeast Conference this year, the most surprising team under Jim McElwain, done a great job as a head coach here. Next week, we'll tear down some of our votes about who we think might be in the running for college football coach of the year honors. And I'm sure Jim McElwain's name will be very near or at the top of that particular list. Victor, they're calling this separation Saturday this week in college football. And, uh, you know, while maybe arguably the card isn't as deeply as attractive as it was last week, there are some marquee games in the college football card this week. How would you see foresee separation Saturday working this week as opposed to what will be a pivotal week next week well of course we're going to be talking about the game of the week uh, during our college football segment and that's going to be michigan state and ohio state we just mentioned that the uh, uh, gauntlet continues in the big 12 with baylor against oklahoma state and then of course tcu against oklahoma uh, a little bit of luster off tcu we don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for them this week uh, of course we got a big one in the acc north carolina against virginia tech uh, the houston Cougars, of course are uh, the only uh, remaining undefeated team in the smaller conferences, specifically the AAC, and they'll be heading out to the road to Connecticut. They're still angling for a uh, New Year's Six Bowl, and they're still politicking for an unlikely playoff spot, but every game does matter for Houston, and uh, that should be an interesting game on the road against Connecticut. And even in the Pac-12, a couple of uh, interesting games, they may not have top four implications, but UCLA taking on Utah. And, of course, uh, what used to be a great series, uh, the luster's off a little bit, but USC-Oregon should be a fine game as well. Yeah, it does have the makings of quite a good-looking college football card this week. It's not quite rivalry week. A few rivalry games are on tap this week, but uh, next week I think will be the official start of rivalry week in college football, so we'll keep a close eye on the outcome of what happens in the college football games this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things where I think the bottom line is if the sports books around the world in Las Vegas, the offshore sports book had one headline to print last week, it would have been bloodbath. Because that's exactly what happened to those books last week when college football or NFL football dogs barked as loud as I can recall, uh, having their week last week. Quite a week it was. What was the tally you saw, Victor, with the National Football League underdogs last week? I have not seen an underdog Sunday like that in a long, long time. Uh, for the weekend, 12-2 uh, and two for the underdogs, 11 outright underdog winners. I'm going to be an uh, very anxious to get Andy Isco's take 
on what the vibe was in Las Vegas, uh, particularly after the events on Sunday. But not just a great week for the underdogs, but a great week for unders as well. Overall in the NFL, four overs, eight unders, two ties. So 67% of all games ended up going under the total. And if this doesn't reinforce the opinion that it's important to diversify uh, when we're betting or our daily betting portfolio, it certainly illustrates that uh, by far. We know that, uh, of course, a lot of the public, they like playing their favorites. They like laying their points. They like betting their overs. They like rooting for both teams to score. But uh, you've got to diversify these days. You've got to have exposure to unders and underdogs as well. And one can make a case, of course, that it's the sharp player out there that has uh, more unders than overs or more underdogs than favorites that does very, very well. You're not going to win long-term. You're not going to profit long-term if all you do is limit yourself to laying the points or betting overs. So a very, very big week for the unders and underdogs. And not only that, Mark, but it was a bloodbath in terms of uh, survivor pool results as well. I would imagine that uh, the remaining people in respective survivor pools, at least 75% of them were eliminated based on Sunday's results. And Monday night, too, I might add. Uh, Green Bay Packers were a 10-point favorite who lost outright. Cincinnati Bengals were a 10-point favorite who lost outright on Monday night. Uh, the Rams were a, a popular survivor pool, a 7-point touchdown favorite who lost outright to the Bears. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were also a popular survivor pool that lost as well. The Denver Broncos, the Baltimore Ravens. If you got through your survivor pool somehow this last week, kudos to you. Uh, on a side note, I was uh, prepared to make Denver my survivor pool entry, and I did switch at the last minute. I got some advice from my brother up in Cleveland who said, look, Johnny Manziel is starting a quarterback for the Browns this week. Use Pittsburgh as your survivor play, and I did switch to Pittsburgh at the last second, and I want to thank my brother Kurt for talking me into that one and staying alive in my survivor pool. Well, it looks like you might be able to use whoever the Browns are playing moving forward, Victor, because Johnny Manziel <laughs> has been named as right. the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to uh, see exactly what they've got in him. He put up some pretty decent numbers in that game, but the bottom line is they didn't find the end zone often enough. Pittsburgh, uh, with Ben Roethlisberger coming back in that contest, ended up uh, just obviously pushing the Browns all over the football playing field. And a uh, good victory for Pittsburgh and a good victory for those who found Pittsburgh to stay alive in the survivor pools. I also want to mention this, that in my column in the USA Today Sports Weekly that I write each week, uh, I touched on the teams in the National Football League after the halfway point, teams that we started eight games of the season that were four and four or worse. How many of those teams have actually going on to make the playoffs to keep those hopes alive for those football teams. And you'd be surprised that every year since 1987, there's been at least one 500 or worse team at the halfway point that's made wow. the playoffs. And in fact, if you go back to since the year 2000, 34 teams with four and four or worse records have gone on to make the playoffs. 14 of those 34 teams happen to have been playoff teams the previous year. And this all bodes well, I think, for three teams in particular. I'm going to say this also before I identify those three teams, that no team that opened up with two wins in the first half of the football season has made the National Football League playoffs. So you can discard a lot of those football teams. But the three and four win teams, some of those teams do have a good chance and the most likely of being the three teams that made the playoffs last year 
that are on the 500 or sub list this year would be the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Keep an eye on those three teams because if history has its say, one of those three teams, at least one of those three teams, should go on to make the playoffs this year. One little sidebar note also that it was in the year 2006, I believe, that as many as six teams opened up the league, opened up the season with 500 or less records, and six teams went on to make the playoffs. So uh, hope is still alive, if you will, for those teams that are 500 or less at this point of the football season, especially the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Don't you go away. Victor and I are going to come back here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread when we tear down our college football game of the week at Dandy inside the Big Ten Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread once again on this weekend's college and pro football cards, and it's time for our college football game of the week We've got highlighted inside the Big Ten Conference this week when Ohio State takes on Michigan State in a matchup of two nationally ranked football teams. Victor, your take of the Spartans and the Buckeyes when they meet in the horseshoe this Saturday. Ohio State, uh, somewhere around a 13-point favorite in the game. The over-under opened at 51. It's gone up a couple of points, currently at 53 as uh, we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. And it's been quite the over-under turnaround for both of these teams this season. Michigan State 5-5 five and five over-under on the year. Ohio State 2-8 and eight over-under on the year. This was a Buckeye team that last year in college football was the number three over team out of 128 teams in college football. They were 12-3 and over-under last season for the Buckeyes. Uh, amazing turnaround here, two and eight over under, one and five over under in the conference this season. Uh, average line fifty eight point eight, average score in Ohio State games this season fifty point two. Of course, on the flip side, Michigan State was also a dynamic over team as well. Uh, they were a, a handful of teams in in the Big Ten Conference that were fantastic over teams last season. Michigan State was one of those. They're number five with a 10-3 and over-under record overall, 10 overs and three unders. Of course, as I mentioned, they're now 5-5 five and five over-under in the season. They've gone 3-3 three and three over-under in conference play. Average line, 55. Average score, 55. Uh, in the Buckeyes' case, it's probably fairly easily explained. Their offensive scoring is down 8.4 points per game this season. Offensive yardage is down almost 60 yards a game. And that's uh, what's perplexing is uh, this is a better offensive cast than they had last season. One uh, note we might make in uh, the glaring absence could potentially be the fact that they don't have offensive coordinator 
Tom Herman this season, who is now the head coach at Houston and, of course, one of our candidates for coach of the year. And on the flip side, the Ohio State defense, they are statistically improved on almost uh, exact proportion to their diminished offense. They're allowing 8.2 fewer points per game. And they're allowing 44 fewer yards per game as well. Number two scoring defense in college football, allowing less than two touchdowns a game at 13.8. And number nine statistical defense, allowing 298. Uh, Michigan State, not quite as good, but uh, a better defense for the Spartans this season as well. They're ranked number 35 in scoring defense at 22.3. And number 46 in overall defense, allowing 336 yards per game. Of course, uh, Ohio State, uh, they really don't have much of a, in terms of a signature win. This is their first real conference test of the year. Uh, they've played conference games against the likes of the Indianas, the Marylands, the Rutgers, the Minnesotas, and the Illinois of the world. Uh, I'd like to make a little bit of a case for a higher scoring game than people anticipate. Uh, I think the over-under line is on the right move. If you do care to join me in a little bit on the play in the over, you probably want to play it as soon as possible. As again, as I mentioned, the line is indeed going up. We know that the series has gone a perfect 2-0 to the over in the last two seasons. Last year, the over-under line was similar, 55 points. The final score, Ohio State 49, Michigan State 37. The game ended up going over the total by 31 points. The meeting two years ago also went over the total of Michigan State winning 34 to 24. Now it's all going to come down to Connor Cook for Michigan State, whether this game does indeed go over the total and whether Michigan State covers the point spread as well, I might add. You know, he left that Maryland game with an injury to his throwing shoulder last week. He did come back and struggle a little bit. But from what we hear, he's going to be playing this week. Michigan State, therefore, does have a chance. And they got a chance to put some points up in the board. So we're going to lean ever so slightly toward the over as Michigan State takes on Ohio State 3.30 Eastern Saturday afternoon. Victor Keene leans over the total in the Buckeye-Spartans football game this Saturday, looking for Connor Cook to be behind center for the Spartans here. Most people are anticipating his presence in that particular football game. A huge matchup for both football teams. Obviously, both nationally ranked in the college football playoff rankings. Michigan State comes into this contest having cashed in nine of the last 11 games at the Horseshoe in Columbus. They've done real well in games in Columbus in the series. And in fact, you take a look at Michigan, the last three years when they've had conference revenge, they've cashed five out of five winning tickets. The Spartans also a perfect five and out of the spread the last five years in their final road game of the season. For the Buckeyes as they come into this contest, and uh, Victor mentioned Tom Herman and the great job that he did as the offensive coordinator with the Buckeyes, and that could be one reason why they've taken a step or two backwards this year without Herman calling the plays for the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. But a good friend of mine, Arnie Lang in Las Vegas, an excellent handicapper, he made this point this week, uh, and he mentioned that Tom Herman for the Houston Cougars has now been on the sidelines for 23 consecutive wins in a row. If you go back to the last 13 games, or 12 games, I should say, for the Ohio State Buckeyes when they closed out with 12 straight wins last year, 13 wins in a row, that is, and uh, 10 wins in a row for Houston here, Tom Herman does not know what defeat is like right now. So kudos to Tom Herman and his success with the Houston Cougars. But the Buckeyes are the ones that have suffered the misfortune with Tom Herman having left this offense. 
Maybe perhaps a bigger game on deck for Ohio State next week with Michigan. That could be a question mark here. We never know, but it is the hugest rivalry, we think, in the world in college football, and that big showdown will happen next week. Buckeyes are the only team in the country that have won the stats in every football game they played the last two years. That's a testament to Urban Meyer and his coaching staff and the fact that this football team just simply does not get out-yarded in a football game. One parallel that I like to draw here to the Buckeyes in a similar vein to Florida State. If you go back to 2013 when Florida State won the national championship, you looked inside the job that they did. They won their conference games, did the Seminoles, by 39 points a game in their march to the championship. In 2014, the follow-up year, which is last season, they won the conference games by a margin of only 13 points a game. So the defending national champions stepping down with that bullet on their back really totally underachieved the following year after winning the championship. Take a look at the Buckeyes now in 2014 in their championship season last year. They defeated Big Ten teams by an average of 29 points per game. This year, the Buckeyes are winning Big Ten games by an average of only 17 points a game. So there's a lot to be said about the hunger and the desire of national champions the following year, coupled with the fact that every team makes them the number one team in their schedule here, hence the Buckeyes suffering offensively this year, a lot attributed to that and the loss of Tom Herman. The bottom line to me in this football game is, according to our well-oiled machine, our database, we went in there and looked at 10-0 teams that are playing in game 11 of the season, as the Ohio State Buckeyes are this week. Those teams have covered an only nine out of 31 games when they take on a 700 or better opponent. That all favors the Michigan State Spartans coming into this game with revenge. You put it all together, I'll take the points with the Spartans against Ohio State for my side in this big, Big Ten football game on Saturday. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our National Football League game of the week, a dandy inside the NFC conference, and we'll hop out to Las Vegas and check with Andy Isco as we get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Las Vegas. That and a whole lot more to come when we come back here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. 
What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football card, and it's time once again for our National Football League Game of the Week, and we're going to hop inside the NFC North Division, the Black and Blue Division, to take a look at the Green Bay Packer-Minnesota Vikings showdown game this week. Victor, a strong matchup between two football teams inside the conference. The Vikings leading the conference right now, a little bit of a surprise. The Packers taking a step back. Your take, Victor, on the Packers and the Vikings this Sunday. I would agree with that. Uh, a little bit surprising these days seeing Minnesota on top of that black and blue NFC North division with a 7-2 and two record. You remember at one point Green Bay was 6-0, and oh, folks. That's three favorite losses in a row for the Packers. This is uncharted territory for Aaron Rodgers and company in terms of the over-under open 45 and it's showing signs of going down ever so slightly, 44.5 when I checked this morning. So the over-under line has indeed come down, oh, by about a half a point. And this has been a pretty actually high-scoring series in the last five regular season meetings. Four out of those five games have gone over the total. The average line, 46.8, and the average score, 59.0. So the average Packers Vikings uh, outcome in the last five meetings have gone over the total by 12.2 points per game. With that said, I do want to make a little bit of a case for a lower scoring game than people anticipate. Obviously, something's wrong with the Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers says he's not hurt or anything like that, but he definitely looks uh, lost without his main man, Jordy Nelson. Eddie Lacy, many is saying, is the bust of the year in uh, the NFL. The Packers offense averaging, what, only 18.3 points per game. That's a full touchdown less than last year's. They're ranked number 21 in the league. Uh, at the very, very least, they are improved on defense and, in fact, have gone 1-5 and five over under in the last six. And that's kind of where our uh, opinion on the under comes into play this week against Minnesota. A Vikings team that now is ranked number two in the league in scoring defense. The Vikings are allowing only 17 points per game on the season. They're also the number one under team in the NFL. They've gone 1-7-1 and one over under this year with an average of only 39.1 combined <clears throat> points per game. Excuse me. They've allowed 23 or more points only once this season. And I would say that the Vikings would probably be smart to avoid this shootout potential and once again pound the ball on the ground with Adrian Peterson like they did last week in that game against Oakland in which he carried 26 times for 203 yards. And that's a, a, a double whammy for under players, if you will. It keeps Rodgers and company off the field. And, of course, it keeps that clock ticking. Now, we mentioned Minnesota's game against Oakland last week. That's a dominating road win of two touchdowns last year in the NFL in the second half of the season, NFL teams off a road dog win of 14 or greater points win a perfect O and seven over under. And of course I mentioned that uh, both teams are on major streaks. 
Minnesota is actually 8-0 and against the spread in their last eight games. Of course, Green Bay 0-4 in their last four. In the last four seasons of the NFL, home teams off three or more ATS wins against the road team off three or more ATS losses. These games have gone 0-7-2 over under. And we've got the fact that this is a prime week of the season as well for division games to indeed go under the total. Uh, game 10, division home favorites in the NFL have gone 2-15 and 15 over-under when the over-under line is greater than 40 points. Uh, with Green Bay a little bit lost on offense, Minnesota, uh, Bridgewater is not so much a great NFL quarterback as he is a very good NFL game manager. And, of course, Adrian Peterson figuring to touch the ball, what, 25 to 30 times. We're going to lean under in this game, Mark, with Green Bay and Minnesota. You're going to probably want to get on board as well as the line is starting to creep down as well. But we'll look for a low-scoring game in that late afternoon kickoff. Victor King goes under in an NFC black and blue matchup between the Packers and Vikings for a lean in this contest on Sunday's big showdown game. As Victor mentioned here, the Green Bay Packers riding an 0-3 straight up and against the point spread losing streak coming into this contest. And uh, not so surprising in the sense that, yes, it is surprising the Green Bay Packers, but given the fact that teams in the National Football League who start out the season 6-0 or better and then suffer that first loss are oftentimes prolonged to slumps or losing streaks from that point forward. And we're seeing just that being the case with the Green Bay Packers. And you couple that with their sloppy defense, or defense that's ranked 24th in the National Football League right now. It's no surprise that the Packers are being outgained, amazingly, 31 yards a game per contest this football season. And in fact, inside the midweek alert, when you tear it down even deeper and you look since game seven of the football season, you compare their stats from game seven to their overall stats in the season, the Packers are, have slipped 70 yards a game from game seven as opposed to the regular season. So a dramatic fall out by the Green Bay Packers, if you will, here coming into this particular contest. I mentioned the fact that that 24th ranked rush defense probably does not fare all that well when you're going up against the number one ranked rushing offense by the Minnesota Vikings, led by Adrian Peterson in his resurgence this football season here. The first place Minnesota Vikings, led by Teddy Bridgewater, and once again, as Victor mentioned, perhaps maybe not the best quarterback in the National Football League, and arguably not even the best quarterback in that division, but he is a great game manager, and he's also 17-4 and to the spread in games as a starter in the National Football League, including 12-1 and when his team is playing with revenge. The big infusion for this football team, not so as much as Teddy Bridgewater has been their head coach, Mike Zimmer. Since he's come along, this football team has done a complete U-turn and become a formidable team inside the National Football League. They're a perfect 4-0 to the spread under Zimmer, when they take on opponents that have a win percentage of 666 or better, and you go back and you look at how they're doing lately, what have you done for me lately? The Minnesota Vikings, how about 16-3 and in their last 19 football games to the spread? That's 16-3 and to the spread, their last 19 games of the Vikings, including 7-0 and the last seven. The bottom line to me, the better team here is the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to get them in a pick situation come Monday here. I'll back the better team, the better team playing their better football right now, the Minnesota Vikings for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. 
And with that, we're going to hop off to Las Vegas. It's time to check on for the Vegas vibe. We'll do that with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? It's chilly Las Vegas, but uh, the best part of the football season is heating up, so it's sort of a nice balancing act to, uh, uh, to keep us warm, enthused, and uh, excited about what's to come the next few weeks. Yeah, I've been out in Vegas, Andy, uh, in some of these winter months here, and now I guess it gets chilly. It gets downright cold there uh, sometimes. We don't. I don't remember. You have too many snowfalls in Las Vegas here, maybe once or twice that you can recall, but uh, this time of the year it can get a little bit chilly there for uh, teams, especially when you're not used to it and you get that hot weather in the summer. But there's been a lot of hot action going on this week, or this past week, I should say, in the National Football League and uh, also inside the Superbook Contest. And uh, it appears that the Superbook Contest may have gotten a little bit tighter since we talked to you last week. How's it shaking out there that way, Andy? Well, actually, the field is starting to thin out a little bit, and uh, the leader last week had, uh, as I recall, a three-and-a-half-point lead over the second-place uh, contestant, and it has tightened just a little bit as the leader, who's been phenomenal all season, went three-and-two, which is a subpar week. Nonetheless, it still has that person in the lead. 39 wins, nine losses, and two pushes. That's a total of 40 points out of a possible 50. That's an 80% clip for the season to date. We've now had a total of 65 people who are in position to cash the final 21 of those sharing the final few places from 45 to 50. The 65th contestant or those 21 people tied for those uh, final spots hitting 64% effectively, 32 out of a possible 50 points. As far as the consensus goes, it's had another uh, slumping week. After starting the season 15-5 and for the first quarter of the season, the first four Four weeks, eight, ten, and two. The next four weeks, the last two weeks, the consensus has gone one and four, and two and three. So after eight weeks, even after that little slump in the second quarter, the consensus was still hitting at a sixty percent rate. But after going three and seven the past two weeks, the consensus is now at twenty-six. 22 and 2 that's 27 points or 54% so it's still showing a slight profit but down considerably from that 75% start that it had back in September yeah, it looks like uh, the law of averages is catching up with the consensus here Andy after that good start that they had had to begin the football season here and things are beginning to even out a little bit if you will and uh, I know Victor and I talked at the top of the show about uh, the bloodbath that happened in the National Football League last week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor. I know he's got a question he wants to run by you on the show. Absolutely. I wanted to get uh, Andy's vibe out there in Vegas. And, you know, Andy, it's, uh, the, the weekend started with this uh, huge upset in the MMA with uh, Ronda Rousey losing to Holly Holm. And from what I understand, the books didn't do so well there. There was a lot of uh, underdog action on Holly Holm. But then they came back spectacularly with that big Sunday with 11 outright underdog wins. What was the vibe like in Vegas after Saturday night and then after the events of Sunday and Monday? I think you pretty much hit it. The books were worried on Sunday night, if this was, or Saturday night, excuse me, if this was a, a predictor of what could happen on Sunday, and it couldn't be further from what actually occurred. And, of course, the NFL week got off with an upset with Buffalo pulling the outright upset as two-and-a-half-point road underdogs at the Jets on Thursday night, and it continued. And, of course, the, the big wins were the Detroit Lions, the double-digit upset of the Green Bay Packers, bookended on Monday 
Friday night with Cincinnati, a double-digit favorite, losing at home to Houston. And really the only favorite that won and failed to cover was one of the favorites that the books needed to knock out a lot of teaser action. It didn't quite do that, although New England's one-point win over the New York Giants uh, was almost going to be the capper for the day if the Giants had been able to hold on to that late lead before New England got the field goal. So it was one of the best days in recent memory for the sports books, uh, but everybody will be back at it again this weekend. It'll be interesting to follow the betting action this week because it'll give us an indication of who and how much the last week's results impact the betting action. Will the folks who played the underdog or played the favorites last week and lost, will they go back to the favorites this week, or will they react and say, hmm, underdogs did well last week, they're going to do well again this week. And of course, as you and Mark both know, rarely are two weeks the same, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see favorites have a better week this week. Not going to offset what happened last week, but I'd be very surprised if underdogs had the spectacular success that they had last weekend. Yeah, Andy, that was going to be my question to you, what you anticipate happening after the big dog week last week, and I think you hit it right on the head that things do tend to go back to the mean, if you will, back to the norm, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if we found a few more favorites than usual this particular week. And uh, do you anticipate, Andy, that being the case with these people that are involved in the contest, the contestants, that there would be perhaps maybe more favorites being played this week than uh, than usual? That, that, it's really hard to say because we don't know how much of the uh, the the contested field is sophisticated money versus dead money as the uh, as the situation goes. We are seeing more and more favorites being played in the contest, although the professionals still play a lot of these underdogs. And I think I'll be interested to see how the professionals react when they got burned last week on very excuse me very popular ticks like the uh, Tennessee Titans against Carolina. That was a very popular pick. The one favorite that a lot of folks did back last week that turned out to be correct were the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, they, they did get rewarded with the Jaguars. Uh, they did get rewarded with the Kansas City Chiefs and to a lesser extent the Miami Dolphins, but uh, historically the uh, wise guys, the sharps, the professionals in the contest do come in on the underdogs. I would imagine that they will continue to play the underdogs. It'll be the, uh, the general public portion of the contest that'll be interesting to follow, and two teams in particular that have attracted a lot of interest all year but are now currently mired in three game or two game losing streaks the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. Those teams had been spectacular against the spread to start the season but both have been involved in a couple of uh, uh, misfortunate uh, results the last few weeks so I'll be interested to see what sort of action occurs not just in the contest but in the betting, window, betting windows for those two teams. And he's speaking about line adjustments and uh, how teams have really gotten adjusted uh, in the second half of the football season here. From the list that Jay Cornegay sent out last week for week 11 of the National Football League season, any moves that you've seen that were noteworthy from the contest from last week to this week in the NFL? Quite a few, actually, and it's somewhat surprising because one would expect, at least if one thought it through logically, that as the season progresses, you would not see as much of an overreaction from a week-to-week basis that you would see early in the season when less is known about these teams and you reassess your opinions. But that's not been the case this week, and perhaps the best example of that is in the Green Bay-Minnesota matchup. Now, I'll, go, I'll start first by going to, for example, the uh, St. Louis-Baltimore 
Baltimore matchup. Last week, St. Louis was expected to be a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. Rams got blasted by Chicago at home. Baltimore lost in an unfortunate fashion at home to Jacksonville by a couple of points. And when the line opened up, St. Louis was a one-point favorite, so a very slight adjustment downwards, and then the money came immediately on the Ravens, and the Ravens are two-point favorites. But I think that reaction is due to the benching of Nick Foles and replacing it with Case Keenum in St. Louis. Contrast that to Green Bay and Minnesota, where there were no unusual injuries that came out of last week's game. Green Bay, as we mentioned earlier, lost at home to Detroit as a double-digit favorite, 18-16. to Minnesota went out on the road, covered their eighth straight game in a 30-14 to win at Oakland. Now, last week, Green Bay, before this past week's results, was a three-point road favorite. In fact, they were a heavy three-point road favorite because it was minus three, minus 120 on Green Bay. Well, when the Westgate opened the lines on Sunday afternoon after those two results were in, Green Bay was down to a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. Again, based just on the results, no injury uh, in related to that. And that the public immediately came in, or maybe it was the wise guys who immediately came in, that game is now down to a pick. So a Effectively, we've seen a three-point move on this contest that did not involve injuries. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles go from an eight-point favorite at home against Tampa Bay to an opening of a seven-point favorite down to five-and-a-half. Part of that has to do with the injury that will sideline Sam Bradford and Mark Sanchez will be the starter. That's considered to be a negative, and Tampa Bay, of course, off of a win. And Denver, Chicago, also very interesting. Last weekend, before we knew anything about Peyton Manning's plantar fasciitis, the Denver Broncos were a six-point road favorite at Chicago. They go out, lose 29-13 at home to Kansas City. The uh, injury is revealed about Peyton Manning. He's now going to be sidelined for a bit. Chicago, in the meantime, had one of the week's most impressive wins, maybe along with the Washington Redskins. Chicago goes out to St. Louis, wins 37-13. So when the line comes out on Sunday, we know now about Peyton Manning's injury and the expectation that he might be sidelined. Westgate opened Denver a three-and-a-half point road favorite. That line has come all the way down to pick them. Wouldn't be surprised if Chicago goes off as a slight favorite. So we've seen a significant adjustment there, both result and injury related. And finally, the Monday night game, Buffalo and New England. The New England Patriots were nine-point home favorites last week before the games were played. Buffalo, Thursday night, a 22-17 win at the Jets. The Patriots struggle, almost lose their unbeaten status, but rally for a 27-26 victory. A line adjustment down, seven and a half, so a point and a half move and that line has gone down to seven. So we saw the Westgate react by a point and a half. We've seen the public react by an additional half point. A bevy of moves on the National Football League card this week is outlined by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. You can check out Andy's website at TheLogicalApproach.com. And while you're at it, be sure to download his excellent weekly newsletter, The Logical Approach, as well. Andy, quite a bit of movement in the National Football League this week. We'll keep an eye on what happens not only to these line moves, but what happens to the adjustment if there is any that's made from the underdogs to the favorites this particular week. And before I let you go, Andy, I know our listeners out there would love to know what your complimentary play on the football card this week would be. 
Well, I'm going to go to one of the high-profile games this week. It's a game that uh, you and Victor may have already talked about. It's the Big Ten showdown between Michigan State and Ohio State. And, uh, of course, both teams should be unbeaten heading into this one. Uh, Michigan State got robbed in that game against Nebraska a few weeks ago. But to their credit, they rallied and came back and beat Maryland last weekend. So this game still has uh, significance as far as Michigan State being able to win their half of the Big Ten. It's the first of Ohio State's two toughest obstacles to an unbeaten regular season. We knew this at the start of the season, that Ohio State really wouldn't be challenged until they faced Michigan and Michigan State in reverse order in back-to-back weekends. The Buckeyes were favored by more than 17 points in nine straight games following their opening win at Virginia Tech, in which they were 13.5-point road favorites. Michigan State has been favored by double digits in seven of their ten games. And, of course, as mentioned, they'd also be unbeaten were it not for the poor officiating decision. But with an upset win here and a win next week over Penn State, the Spartans could win the Big Ten East title. After these, both of these teams started a combined 1-11 and against the spread, yet both are in good, fa- in good form right now, good fashion, covering three of their last four games. Both of these teams have been the class of the Big Ten's Eastern uh, Division uh, since Urban Meyer arrived at Ohio State a few years ago, and these teams have traded victories the last few times they've met. Michigan State's in its best role. They've been an outstanding underdog play in recent years, 11-3-1 ATS since 2011 with eight outright wins. There are no secrets between these teams. Ohio State does have the better defense and a somewhat better offense, but Michigan State has fared better with a plus-13 turnover margin compared to Ohio State minus one, and that's largely due to Michigan State not suffering a lot of turnovers on offense. Uh, They've gotten very solid quarterback play from their senior quarterback, Cook, who was banged up last week but is expected to play. I'm going to look for Ohio State to remain unbeaten, but it's not going to be easy. I've got them winning by just seven points, so I will take the points with Michigan State right now. It's currently plus 13. May go up a little bit as I think the public will still support Ohio State. Andy Isco, like yours, truly attracted the Michigan State Spartans in their big battle with the Buckeyes at the Horseshoe in Columbus this Saturday for his complimentary play on the football show this week. And once again, I encourage you to check out Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com and download his weekly newsletter while you're there as well. Andy, I'm going to wish you once again the very best of luck this week. Great job on the show this week, and I look forward to visiting with you before Thanksgiving next week. Gentlemen, thanks a lot. Enjoy the games, and may the balls bounce our way. Thank you very much. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com. Don't you guys go away. When we come back, we're going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor and I with our complimentary plays when we come back for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. 
Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week. And once again, we go to the world of college football. Our awesome angle this week is called Last But Not Least. And what we're looking to do is to play on any 600 or less college football home dog in their last home game of the season. If they were a bowl team last year, and are off a straight-up conference underdog win in their last game. You talk about last but not least. These teams have gone 11-1-1 against the spread in this role since 1980. That's a 92% winning proposition. Our play this week will be on the Missouri Tigers for our awesome angle, last but not least play on the football card this Saturday. And talking about the football card this weekend, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King for his complimentary play on the football show this weekend. Victor, if you would let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend. Absolutely. Speedy's got another big college football underdog play on Saturday. We're going to hope to duplicate the results of last week with that fairly easy SEC winner on Arkansas. We'll have multiple over-unders on Saturday as well. And we hope we can uh, repeat last week, Saturday's performance in the NFL. Four-star over of the week in the NFL. That'll be up on the playbook.com website uh, sometime on Friday evening. And for our free play of the week, we're going back to the NFL, and we're going back to another under. And that's going to be in the Redskins and Panthers game. Washington taking on Carolina at 1 o'clock Eastern over underline open 46 it's come down a full point to 45 you're going to want to get your play in this game as soon as possible and i this is one of those knee-jerk plays you know washington scored what 47 points last week and a lot of over under square players will probably be running head over heels to bet the over after that washington eruption last week don't do it that offensive explosion was against the worst defense in the league uh uh uh, a team that's allowing over 425 yards per game that just fired their defensive coordinator in the Saints. This week's opponent is the Carolina Panthers. Okay, we're talking uh, complete opposite here. They're ranked in the top five in scoring defense, allowing only 19.4 points per game. And don't forget, uh, this Washington offense is only one week removed from scoring only 10 points in their last game. NFL road underdogs of greater than the field goal who scored 45 or greater in their last game and 10 points or less in the game before that have gone 0-7 over under when the over under line is less than 49 points. Now the Redskins, as we just mentioned, they're off a home underdog win. 
by a score of 47 to 14. That's an underdog win of what, 33 points since 1983. NFL teams off an underdog win at home of 31 or more points, like the Redskins, have gone a perfect 0 and 8 over under when the line is 42 or more points. Uh, we mentioned the opponent, the Panthers, one of two undefeated teams in the NFL this season. They're off a completely opposite result. While the Redskins dominated in a home dog win, the Panthers dominated in a road favorite win over the Titans last week. Uh, final score was 27-10, and we might add that Carolina held Tennessee to only 242 offensive yards. In the last two seasons in the NFL, favorites of less than nine off a straight-up road favorite win of 17 or more points like the Panthers have gone a perfect 0-6 uh, over-under. And a division versus division over-under pattern seals the deal for us this week. NFC South home favorites, that's the Panthers, have gone a perfect 0-6 over-under in the last four seasons against an NFC East team like Washington when the over-under line is less than 49. We can't ignore the fact that in the last seven meetings in this series, there's been only one over, five unders, one tie, Average combined points, 38.8. We're going low. Redskins and Panthers this Sunday. Victor King goes under the total in the Redskins-Panthers game for his complimentary play on the football card this week. And be sure to join Victor once again. Another dynamic winning week last week at King Creole Sports. You can pick up all of his top plays online at the website at playbook.com. Get on board for King Creole Sports this weekend. And before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this weekend, I want to pass along a quick note. MyBookie.ag is the only offshore sports book that I, Mark Lawrence, personally recommend. You can pick up a 50% instant sign-up bonus when you log on today at MyBookie.ag or give them a call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387. When you call them, also ask about how you can pick up a 100% bonus when you open up your account today at mybookie.ag. Also a quick note here, my 10-star college football game of the year is on tap, locked and loaded this weekend. You can pick it up, part of another weekend of winners from our late phone football service. We had a great weekend last weekend. We've cashed on eight of our 11 weekend of winners plays this football season here. It's my college football game of the year. To get on board, simply log on to the website at playbook.com or call me toll-free today at 1-800-321-7777 for my 10-star college football game of the year. Weekend of winners this week. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football card this week comes from our Playbook football newsletter. We're going to go with the Penn State Nittany Lions when they play host to Michigan this week in a Big Ten showdown in Happy Valley. This will be the seventh home game of the season for Penn State this year. The good news for them, they're a perfect 6-0 and in all home games this football season, having held four of those six opponents to season-low yards defensively. This is a matchup of two Top 11 ranked defenses in college football this year, so we can look for a defensive war in this football game as well. If I'm Jim Harbaugh of the Michigan Wolverines, my biggest concern is getting his football team focused on Penn State and not Ohio State, who they've got on deck next week. With Michigan just 1-13 to the spread 
in games after scoring 35 or more points their previous game, Austin home with the Nittany Lions in an upset special will take Penn State plus the points over Michigan for my complimentary play on the football card this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from The Logical Approach in Las Vegas for his weekly Vegas vibe on the show, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.